I'm amazed how many people own stocks. Welcome to the Playing Footsie Podcast. My name's Paul, and each episode, me and the lads get together to talk about the stocks, stock market news, and finance in general. Quick disclaimer, you shouldn't consider anything in this podcast as personal financial advice. If you need such advice, go to a financial advisor. And please remember, when investing in any form, your capital is at risk. So sit back, relax, and let the lads fill you in with all the stock market news of the week. The sucker's going up. Quick question. Um, what happened to UK stocks in the last week? Why did they what go What do you like? mean? Why did they go UK, I think, no, I think UK did uh, no. rather well, to be honest with you. Um, That's because it's some little exchange that just waits for the US to tell it what to do. But yeah, why did, that um, is it, though, isn't it? Like, we always, we sit here like that and we go, oh, the UK's just not, it doesn't do anything. Or, or we can sit here and go, oh, yeah, we'd like to buy the, the FTSE 100 and stuff like that. But the truth is, like, if the US market goes down, that's it. Well, everyone goes down. EM markets go down as well. Mm. So it's it's but just a the, bit... The UK can be green. It can be green right up until half two and then the US market <laughs> opens 2% down. It's like, oh, I have to follow yeah, him. Yeah, it's, it's just... So yeah, like I, it's annoying. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's annoying to the point. But I tell you what, what's really good uh, to see sometimes, and maybe traders should be a bit more knowledgeable on this. But you look at the S and P five hundred, say VUSA at two thirty, it just goes swoop straight up because <laughs> it's being affected by all the crap that's going around in in the UK because it's. Is, is it Irish domicile? Yeah, it's Irish domicile, isn't it? And and then at 2.30, uh, it just automatically corrects itself. So if you have got gathered news pre-market in uh, in the US and get into it before all the US yeah. guys wake up at 9 a.m., you're gonna you you've got some good chances of of guessing the 50/50. Well, it's not 50/50 of the market, is it? But uh, yeah, at 2.30. I believe that's called arbitrage, see. isn't it? <laughs> well, I mean, didn't Parikh Patel say that? So New York <laughs> is like six hours behind London. I suspect I said some massive arbitrage opportunity here. <laughs> when, he men- <laughs> when he mentions Parikh, honestly, I cannot stop. <laughs> Well, it's like, you know, people. Yeah, Parik, Parik, um, Parik's wise. Parik's wise. It's, he knows. <laughs> he knows. Everyone knows that. Ah, oh, if you're in Japan, like five hours early, you can see the U.S. market coming first. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Fucking right. Tsunami. Okay. <laughs> so, so how how have you done? Have you re- have you guys recovered this week? Because no. I. I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm I'm pretty I, good. My value portfolio is doing quite quite I, well on that. I did something terrible. I I quoted my um my gains. You know the thirty k I quoted a long time ago. That was at after Galaxy had earnings, so they were bound to come down. <laughs> oh, I quoted yeah. before I knew they were gonna come down. So I don't know. Psychologically, it's a bit weird, but then again, it was gonna come down anyway. So you buy in Galaxy at the wrong time. No, I, I I got out because these guys Did, yeah. put me into the supersonic super thing, whatever it is. Oh, area. I I about last week. I missed a twenty percent drop in taxi. <laughs> Some people are just getting lucky, right? Because, I mean, okay, let's talk about it. let's let's talk about last week, right? So last week <clears throat> we had uh, it sounded like I mean on the on the discords and on the Facebook groups. And Reddit, it must have looked like the sky was falling because uh, last week we, we had a tiny little blip in the market and all of a sudden it was going into a massive crash. <clears throat> uh, my portfolio didn't feel it at all. If you're, if you're in a general value investing style 
portfolio, you you wouldn't have seen that. Uh, if you were in a cyclical style portfolio, you you wouldn't have even noticed. I don't think. I think my portfolio might have gone down like two hundred quid, something like that, two percent maybe. But I think Nasdaq and tech, very specific parts of tech, uh, might have sold off last week. So. Wow. Uh, Steve D, you're a lot more techy, aren't you? So did you, did you do okay last week or what were your biggest losers? Where did you lose? It was my specific portfolio that seemed to fall last week. I think <laughs> I was dragging the NASDAQ down um, almost in its entirety. Um, I, I lost on my um, my crypto player, which is Silvergate Capital. That was down really, really big. Um, I I pretty much lost across the board, to be honest. I think the only stock I ended up with a slight up on was Bristol-Myers Squibb. Um, everything else was down. I finished the week at about 20% down. So Which actually, quite... I'm down. I'm down on Bristol-Myers, actually. So how are you doing so well on Bristol-Myers? Because I'm still knackered on Bristol Myers I am I think pound I think, it uh, down I think it's pretty <laughs> much all FX now for me I think I'm down yeah 10 or 11% on FX so it, yeah it's, it's and quite any, nasty. yeah on anything that I bought in July sort of time uh, July I, April 2020 time yeah down 10% easy on most of it you know some of these stocks that I've got in here I'm just looking through it now I'm like 15 16 17 percent up and it's still in the red because i <laughs> just fx is absolutely killing me one, one of mine that um went down quite considerably was tpi composites and, and they went down off the back of a, a quite a positive earnings report so in the earnings report they basically stated that the demand was so high for the wind turbine products and the composite products that they manufacture that they had to emergency install five extra manufacturing lines and because of that, they they lost a little bit more than it, it was expected. And off the back of that, the, the share price dropped like 25% because of this. The, it was basically reported as a TPI losing more money, uh, blah, 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 blah. Um, and then they even got a price target downgrade because of it as well. So like a company that's so busy, they're having to put more manufacturing lines in somehow manages to get a price target decrease the, the day after earnings it was just it's all a bit nuts really it's a bit short termism but i think i think it's all nuts because like let's talk about last week the tech stock so the tech stocks little we can't even call it even though everything went down at least 10 percent, we're still not calling it correction in the tech stock and the I mean, some, the arc invest place are we i mean some some dropped up to 30 percent i mean i know um Scottish Mortgage Trust is is a UK uh, trust, but they went down around twenty eight percent. Now heavy, the last heavy time they Tesla went, they are though, aren't they? Yeah, but I mean, yeah, because they're in Amazon as well and uh, Illumina as well, and mm. they absolutely got murked last week. And I think the last time we saw this kind of Just try, drop are you was, trying to bring this podcast to the younger generation? <laughs> we are get murked. <laughs> I don't know that since I was like... Aren't, aren't they like just using the parents' accounts? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I mean, last year, March, was when I saw SMT drop as much or, or a little bit more. And then it recovered, it doubled since then. But now it's back down, what, 30%? And everyone in the UK is like, oh, it's uh, it's a good buy now. I think it's uh, below its NA, NAV as well by 3.6%. So it's it's relatively cheap hot hot tip on smt they can give you um they can give you a little bit of access to um stripe 
and to SpaceX as well, both part of uh, their holding. You surprised me with Stripe then. I was like, what, what is he going with Stripe? And I was like, no, I was waiting for you to say SpaceX because that's what we all want, don't we? We I, all want a bit of SpaceX. I believe it's um, uh, up to 25% in private um, stocks that are mm. not listed. Yeah, man, SMT's got a lot of little gems that like all the hype crowd would love to have. Um, all Airbnb the, all those before. Ones private. Yeah, Airbnb yeah, before Airbnb. Airbnb was cool. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just hidden behind a, that terrible name, isn't it? Scottish Mortgage Trust. You would look at that and think, oh, don't want none of that. What, because it hasn't got a sexy ticker, ticker symbol or something like that? that yeah, like that, Scottish well, Ark Trust. Mortgage. H-Y-P-E. Ticker symbol. Yeah. No, I get it. It's missing because people people don't see it because they, they don't look into 10K, uh, into into like kids and stuff so they don't they just won't see it they won't know will they look into kids people yeah, don't right. look into kids k-i-i-d's <laughs> k-i-i-d's like ch- ch- <laughs> like that's not what we're going for here <laughs> right that's gonna do a rewind <laughs> oh dear <laughs> no it's like fair fair you know fair news to all um over at this are we going to get over this? Are we going to be mature? <laughs> I'll try. Okay. So, but some of the big stocks, um, they didn't just go... Uh, Steve W, you got to take this because I, I guess you're more angry about this one than any of us. Maybe I'm pretty angry about this, but like some of the stocks, they went down. I mean, What was it? Like Argo? How far down did Argo go down, Zach? Your favorite one? Um, it went down to two pounds from three pounds. So it lost a third. It was, <laughs> it was quite a lot. But yeah. then again, right? Because, because it it piggybacks off Bitcoin, and then it doesn't because it's got so many different acquisitions going on at the same time. Um, yeah. it it it's a bit of his own kind of play as well. But Bitcoin has been extremely volatile in the past week, hasn't it? Because yeah, the market's just yeah. gone absolutely mental. So, so yeah, it's just a case of, do you hold? Well, that's it. I, I um, Bitcoin strategy, I'll always say, uh, four-year cycle, September. September is when I'm probably going to get out of Bitcoin and I'm probably going to stay in Ether. That's my aim. But um, other stocks, like, so we've got to think about it. I, I really want to talk about Workhorse because Workhorse, to me, has been the dumbest company <laughs> of 2020 to 2021 and it's not a crap company it's, it's you know it's got a got a tidy little uh, operation going on but the hype behind workhorse and what's happened to it is just it's so stupid to me uh steve you help me out yeah you must have something on this yeah it's it's kind of almost unbelievable to me as well i mean i watched this kind of play out gradually and saw uh workhorse generating more and more and more noise especially on youtube um and then it turned out that it was initially announced just after our we went off air from recording our podcast last week that the usps postal service contract that was uh something that was being factored into a lot of the pricing i guess is the kind way to put it probably wasn't going to them was going to oshkosh instead and then the bottom fell out of the stock and then YouTubers who had been quite closely associated with that and talking it up in various ways turned out to have sold the stock. There's some talk saying they wouldn't. 
A lot of people felt misled. I'm not taking a view. I haven't trawled through YouTube uh, videos to see what people <laughs> did or didn't say in hyping it. I can't be bothered for workhorse, to be honest. But what this does kind of hammer home to me is that, look, now more than ever, especially when things are getting stretched, when you're getting volatility around, when you need to be careful what you're doing, you really need to know stuff for yourself and not be listening to what other people are saying because it's always been the case that if you buy something because someone else said it was a good idea, there's always a chance they'll sell it uh, if it goes down and you won't have sold it and you'll be stuck holding it and you'll be waiting for it to try and come back. Workhorse has rallied a little bit, I think, as there's talk of it, there kind of being a do-over on that contract, I think. But, I mean, in general, you've got to be so careful with who you're listening to and you've got to be working things out for yourself and being happy with your own ideas and working out what you're comfortable with, not just following someone who may or may not update you, may or may not be getting paid by the company. Um, and there's loads of it around. It's a biggest disinformation age probably we've seen, I think, in markets. This is so, so frustrating for me. This this one, this one, Workhorse has always been so, so frustrating for me because it's it's obvious what was going to happen. I had this whole video that I had planned, but I couldn't release it because I just knew that people w were just not going to listen. They, they just were not going to listen. They, th there was three outcomes, three outcomes with Workhorse. It was either going to go well with the USPS contract. It was either going to go badly with the USPS contract or just nothing was never going to uh, get announced at all. So if we're thinking long-term mindset with something like workhorse and and that's i mean we'll talk about jack spencer as well because like I, I don't think for a second that he's being paid for his workhorse work but i do believe that he has solely got to the point where he was because of how much he just you know read the motley fool video uh the fool articles out to you on workhorse and generated his own opinion and generated his own hype with it but he solely made that money off that and it's quite frustrating because you know, if you're a long-term investor, investor into Workhorse, you need to value it completely without the, the contract. You come to your valuation on Workhorse without the contract. You figure out, and unfortunately, if you looked at Workhorse's uh, uh, money at the time, you'll, you'll realize it probably had, including the 200 million debt that they take on, they probably had two years worth of, cash burn left and at one point they only had a year's worth of cash burn left these these guys are, are not making money and they're not going to make money and one of the quotes that i saw from some of the youtubers were like oh we have to go back and now i have to revalue it that's what i that's why i got out the stock no you've been telling us you're a long-term investor and this is your most you know critical stock this is your most highest conviction this is your highest conviction stock and you've gone and sold it where how can you be dignified in, at this time and how can you be no, uh, how, how can you how have you just got any um any clout about you now how when you've I sold think, your highest conviction stock i think peter lynch comes into play here because the first thing he said was you need to understand what you own i think people knew what they owned but they were confusing conviction with wishful thinking i guess because yeah, because work workhorse has been here. What the hype has been here since last August, and then what happened was they had a a partner kind of um, sister company, Lordstown Mortars, and I think there was a lot of contracts going back and forth, and 
a factoring being built and being bought from GM at a cheap price. And I think that kind of extended, you know, workhorse's kind of lifeline. And I think we're, well, we're now in March now. That's what, seven, eight, eight months or after. And it's still going. And then Ford came last minute and everyone's like, oh, Ford's never made an EV van. So, you know, we'll, we'll be okay. But, I mean, it is what it is. And I think a lot of people did get burnt and a lot of people were following youtubers and i mean i know myself I, I, i've been I've, I've been watching workhorse since last august and at one point i did get in uh at the early stage when it was about 15 dollars. i think it still is probably 15 dollars today after eight months yeah i think it's just come down to probably that let's just have a look at workhorse um it was about 17 last time I looked. Yes. Just to pick up on a couple of things Zach said, pretty much exactly. I watched a Jack Spencer video talking about the drop. I didn't think it was great YouTubing, to be honest. I mean, he was laughing about it partway through it. He seemed very relaxed, very blasé about the whole thing. A lot of people have lost a lot of money here, and this is serious. I mean, the things he said were, on the drop to $16, I've written down. In all honesty, that's not bad at all. They could have definitely gone lower yesterday, in my opinion. Uh, which isn't what your people need to hear. On selling his position when he said he wouldn't at 13.50, it is what it is, was his comments on the situ in ge situation in general he's got. Hopefully nobody got burned too badly. I doubt too many people did, in all honesty. Of I course don't. they did. Uh, that's I think how a lot of people did. You see, that's the thing how is, it you, works. With, with YouTube, you, if you choose to dedicate the vast majority of your coverage to a stock, you're not getting directly paid by Warecoach, you're getting indirectly paid by them. So if you dedicate your whole channel to coverage of just one stock or vast majority of its coverage of one stock and you get the CFO of Warehouse on on numerous, numerous occasions, you're being paid by the YouTube algorithm, you're not being paid by Warehouse. But at the end of the day, you're still you're still profiting from the hype you've generated in that company and continuing to generate in that company. So to come out and say, I've never been paid a dime by Warehouse, well, your whole channel's based on it. So that's it's just not true. I think in general, just try not to listen to youtubers i know i'm part of it but just try we're, we're all trying to offer our own little bit or our own little little slice of it well, that's what i'm trying to do anyway just trying to tell people things that i'm learning and hopefully they can take that information away but when you're sitting there just hyping the same stock every week and new spacks and all of that this this is a recipe for disaster in the long term. I don't know how long this is going to go on for, but it will end. And I think we're the workhorse, CCIV. Oh my God. CCIV was another one. You know, these are all real problems that are starting to occur with these SPACs and things. And it's just the early stage in a long line of really finding out how good these SPACs are going to actually be. And you need to understand, you need to understand the risk of loss and you need to go, you need to know that you can't suffer a 45% loss on every single one of your stocks. You don't have to lose 45% to learn that losing 45% is bad and it hurts. Mm. I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, none of us here wants anyone to do anything or buy anything based on what we say here, right? We talk about things we like, we talk about things we think and so on, but... For God's sake, nobody go out and buy anything because one of us said so. It might go up, it might go down. And if we're wrong, we can be wrong losing our money. But don't 
be wrong because we said so and lose yours, right? I mean, we can sit here being angry about Jack Spencer and loads of other YouTubers, by the way, all day long. This is just one example of this kind of thing. But we can be as angry as we like. We can be cross on your behalf and we can feel bad for you, but we can't bring your money back and nor can you and nor can Jack Spencer. Uh, so that's what's going to happen at the end of it. All that's going to happen is you're going to do what I did, which is spend about a week being angry on people's behalf before you sit and realise, look, the only way to sort this is to take responsibility for yourself here. You can't buy things based on what other people tell you because your money won't come back. Regulators are too slow um, on this kind of thing, but you have to live with that idea. Regulators aren't going to save you. There are not, contrary to what people appear to be asking lately, refunds for stocks that go down or anything like that. Um, this is a market, right? And markets are brutal like that. And you've really got to look after yourself. On that, is GME going back up? I'm just trying to... Have a quick search for it now. GME. GME is 161% up on the week. So GME is back on, back on the car. Oh. Seven, Paul, we did say to you, don't buy GameStop. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, oh. GME, GME back on the cards now. Uh, I don't. I don't think it's going much much further than what it is. They ran out of shares, I think, on GME at one point. I did see, I saw something. They've they've been they have been ending the day with zero shares available on oh, GME wow. at the minute. So um, no wonder Trading Two One Two has decided to <laughs> close it off again. It's cl- closed off lots of penny stocks as well. I, I, yes, they have. Yes, Steve D, do you have anything on, on that? Uh, only that it's not really trading two on two's fault um i know people like to scream market manipulation now that's like the cool kids phrase um but in this occasion it's it's really got nothing to do with that it looks like it's a reporting issue between trading two on two between interactive brokers and um the exchanges the regulator has stepped in and said you guys are sending an awful lot of of otc orders like a, a hell of a lot more than any other broker and your reporting is is pretty poor um so yeah, just slightly reporting. It's it's ticking anti money laundering. Is it anti money laundering? Yeah, no, it's, it's money um, laundering. Fraud, yeah, so, isn't it? It's yeah, because because trading two and two send quite a lot of small orders. Um, they get flagged up as fraud, which is another reason why the executions have been quite slow on them. Um, mm. sometimes they're quite liquid. Some of these OTC stocks, but because they're flagging up as being fraudulent, they have to be cleared. So it's just one of those things where the reporting has to be smartened up on it. And I imagine it'll it'll open up where possible. Um, I think trading two and two haven't covered themselves in glory. There's been a couple of penny stock um, exempt or non penny stock exempt exempt stocks that have gone on that shouldn't have done. But um, all brokers make mistakes, and um, if you think the grass is greener anywhere else, trading two and two, uh, they do make a few mistakes. But um, you'll find them at every broker you go to. I think they happily kind of say that as well. If you go on the forum, I think it's quite passive aggressive sometimes, but it's as simple as uh, if you don't like it, go see what everyone else is doing. You know what the strange thing is, though? You know, interactive broker, they offer the same penny stocks still. So I don't really understand what's going on behind the scenes between the two companies. but It's because when, when you... When you buy something that's non-penny stock exempt, you have to um, agree to an ex- like additional terms and conditions. And because trading 2 and 2 don't serve you with those extra conditions, you, they, they have to inform you of the risk that you're taking on by buying something that is like... I mean, most of these companies that people are requesting are like, they don't even fill out their own SEC forms. They're, they're delinquent with all the reporting. Uh, they fail the most basic tests. They're pretty much 
false shell fake companies and and the otc doesn't give a shit about that anybody could register uh, and sell shares on there and tell you that they're a marvelous company that are making the best batteries in the world or whatever and, and it doesn't even have to be true um got a nice website with a nice supersonic jet on it yeah mm. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, that was close a nice C- <laughs> cgi supersonic jet on it <laughs> No, they actually win testing theirs. They actually got a real... <laughs> okay, mock, yeah, mock I, be- I believe it. I believe it. It's not shared in the middle of nowhere. Arion, Arion's a, a real a real thing. I, I'm sure they've got, it is. Um, they've got a, a clay model. <laughs> <laughs> which is real. They've got, um, you've got a paper one as well. <laughs> I thought they built it in an actual sandbox, didn't they? Yeah, yeah that's what... Well, <laughs> Come when, on. Someone says, when someone says sandbox, I always go... Uh, GTA. So you're building. <laughs> so, you're, so you're building this supersonic jet in GTA, but you're just nicking it and just punching the guy out. Of the <laughs> out of they the used it in Minecraft with the um, <laughs> with the better rendering. <laughs> yeah, Minecraft. Um, Minecraft Simulator. Mr. Beast is uh, uh, the <laughs> is the tester on it. Yeah, Minecraft with the ray tracing. <laughs> all right okay let's move on to uh, right what do we think that rishi's gonna say on wednesday wednesday or thursday uh it's march 4th the uk budget is coming out it's going to affect us a lot um especially as it's coming up to tax time i i want to start talking about tax probably next week as well um so what do we think what's our what's our predictions for for rishi what's he going to say I don't think he's going to change much. Um, I think he's, he's probably sort of worried about raising taxes against stimulating an economy. I think um, we sort of maybe maybe worth touching upon the sort of accidental savers article that was on the BBC. Mm. Um, that was quite interesting to see that basically because of the coronavirus, and I'm sure most of you have experienced this, your savings rate has gone up massively. Um, probably just because there's absolutely nothing to spend it on at the moment, apart from takeaways. Um so uh, just explain that accidental savers because even i didn't get it and i realized that i've read the article now um what you were saying there so basically it's just because there is a lack of things to spend your money on you've been ending the the month when your new paycheck comes in with additional money so basically what that has created is, is a bunch of people who don't normally save anything or save very little of their paycheck have ended up with some savings and their prediction is is that that will create a real boom when when the economy opens up because people who don't generally save don't have any uh, any sort of strong feeling about saving the idea is that they'll probably withdraw it all and go and blow it all on a holiday to portugal or something like that are you sure they're going to do that are you sure they just haven't been yoloing it on gme calls because uh, <laughs> that's what seems to be everyone else has been doing or cciv or uh, any other spack you want to want to mention uh, well they've probably got the same that savings much? that they normally had then if they've been doing that <laughs> yeah so so yeah when everything opens back up everyone's gonna jump on carnival cruise line and they're gonna start sailing around the world right well they've got to be careful haven't they they've got to be careful not to not to stop that spend i think the the economy really does need that kind of like that 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 like outpouring of 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 money holidays um trips trips away tourism all the stuff you really you know that, that supports all the local communities i think that's really it's going to be really really important um and i think it's going to happen i, I think you can feel there's a bit of a built-up angst um to spend yeah. I, i've definitely seen that about people are desperate to go away now i think um that'll be the first thing i think that we do when when it all opens up 
Oh yeah, Magaluf, you better watch out because Ooh. there are going to be a lot of pasty Brits coming your yeah. way. It's fact, factor re- eight thousand, <laughs> like <laughs> double cream be being re- rubbed on yourself. It's so I need some new honeymoon plans then. <laughs> it's gonna be so ridiculous. Well, I still haven't it? had a honeymoon yet, so. Do you think um, Rishi's gonna tax us a bit more though? What do you reckon? Mm. Do you think? No, I would be surprised to see massive tax moves coming. <laughs> I think we're gonna see more money getting given out, um, and an attempt to try and coax it out of the accidental savers that Steve was talking about. I think that might mean. Uh, in the short term, there's a bit of inflation going to come through as there's more money swilling around and more money getting spent, which might mean some short-term help for portfolios that have been getting whacked in the UK by uh, FX against the dollar, that kind of thing. But I would expect this to be a fairly spend-heavy budget. I mean, like Steve said, it'll be a good amount of continuing stuff, but I'm expecting quite strong support for the things that are late on in the roadmap for reopening. So like live venues, non-essential retail, that kind of thing. Yeah, it's. I've just, did you have a look at the US one by any chance? Did anyone actually look to the US and see what Biden's doing? I've seen the corporate tax hikes that they they're looking at, and the income tax hikes they're on about as well. That on one hand, Biden seems to want to raise the minimum wage, but on the other hand, he's got to tax income tax at the same time. So. The income uh, tax anyone... rate isn't as high as the figures that have been going around. Though. It's, it is based on a um, uh, like the same way our our tax system works, basically, where it's on bands. And it's the same way. I think it's up to $40,000, or it might even be more than that. You're not actually going to have any tax changes whatsoever. I think for middle America, the, the tax hike is only about 2.5%. So it's not, yeah. it's not a massive hike. If you're talking about raising a minimum wage to 15 dollars and that pushes people into a higher tax band uh, that's somewhat problematic but um the, the actual minimum wage in america is is stunningly low isn't it i think a lot of people can't really understand i think is it six dollars something at the moment yeah i, th- it? I think it's seven dollars um and that's not last a time lot. i thought i no, did want to don't they want to bump it up to fifteen dollars? Yeah, yeah. They, that's what I was saying. Like uh, they're bumping it up to fifteen, but yeah, they are on a bad tax hike. But you might be right; they're on a similar band. And I've got a feeling it's something stupid. Like it might even be sixty to eighty thousand dollars where they're going to up the tax hike. But they're definitely going to hit corporation tax, which is going to probably hit anyone. Well, see that again uh, is that was thirty five, wasn't it? I think under under yeah. Obama, and it went to twenty one under Trump, and it's going to twenty eight under Biden. So it's kind of in the middle. It's not like you could say under the Obama years it was a particularly terrible time for the economy, especially towards the latter end of it. The economy was going fine. Um, mm-hmm. He inherited a pretty shoddy economy, and 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 by the end of it was was doing fine with a thirty five percent tax rate. A twenty one percent tax rate is better for us. A twenty eight percent tax rate is kind of middle ground i don't think there's anything to be frightened of there so none of you think rishi is gonna like lower capital gains is or do you do you not think it's gonna happen now and it's gonna it probably will happen later because capital gains is the one everyone was talking about you know they were on about lowering capital gains to like 2500 i think he could end up pegging it to your salary instead so it's uh, moving into the same sort of bands that your income tax band is i think cap gains at the moment is like 10 percent, isn't it over over 12.3 up into another band and then it becomes 20%, I think, based on your salary. I think they're more likely moving that to 20, 40, and 50, the same way your income is. But I, don't, I just don't think they will. I think at the moment it's all going to be about keeping the economy going, um, keeping people doing spending. Um, I can't really see anything else. 
if they don't move it, guys, go on. go on, Zach. I was just gonna say if they do move it down to what two, between two and three thousand, and they do um, taxes heavily on on our stocks, especially in the vest counts, no one's gonna care. Right? The general public won't care. They'll be like, oh yeah, you made you guys made money, so you know, tough, tough. You know, you're gonna have to pay up if you're gonna sell. I mean, to pick up on Zach's point then, I mean, that kind of thing would create downward pressure on stocks, most likely. Mm. I mean, if your gains are going to be less when you sell them, that means that you're going to need a bigger kind of growth yield or earnings yield or something like that, which means that the price of the things is going to have to come down. This is why kind of, this is partly why creeping interest rates in the US on stuff like the 10-year treasury have been um, depressing stocks slightly, or at least that's the reason people think they've been depressing stocks slightly in the last week or so. So the thought is that, a yield on a treasury is basically your risk-free rate. And if that goes up, then the more you can get risk-free and the more you want from stocks if you're going to take the risk associated with them, basically. And therefore, they need to be lower and give you more kind of growing room. Uh, I want you to go difficult. in a bit more detail on risk-free <laughs> rate because risk-free rate is a big thing. Can I, that... Do you want me to? I've, I've, I've done a, a, a little bit on it. <laughs> yeah, go, go on. Then you, go you made me it. explain 13Fs last week. <laughs> so you can have a go at this one. So basically, um, so I, I would I, I would say, so the easiest way to explain it is if you can get 2% in a bank and that is completely risk-free, you need to believe you can achieve a certain amount uh, in equities before it becomes worth the risk to take for the average punter. Um, so if if you can get 0.03 in a bank, which we're getting at the moment, then 2 to 4% in equities with a little bit of risk is, uh, is perceived as favourable. But as the interest rate climbs up and as the bond rate climbs up, equities become less desirable for people who are risk averse. So if you can get 4% in a bond or 4% in your bank, or like when I was a kid, I think we got 8 to 10% in an ISA, just a cash ISA, there was really no reason to be in stocks unless you thought you could get 25 to 30% from your stocks. Um, because 10% a year is a is a hell of a lot of a return. I know we've been blessed with some great returns um, th- this this last 12 months, but these are not normal returns uh, in any way shape or form that's called the equity risk premium isn't it steve it is yeah your point about (laughs) um us having great returns this year is connected to your point about uh interest rates basically because i mean the thought is well when rates go low uh you're happy to buy equities at higher prices so equities kind of go up and the return on the money that they're making from them doesn't need to be as high as you pointed out if you're making 0.03 percent or something like that well, look, you can afford to buy equities at much higher prices in this case if your idea is to benefit from the earnings that they'll produce. Is this why people just buy Tesla? Because they think, okay, it's better than putting into a bank, right? Tesla's, <laughs> Tesla's <laughs> its own currency, isn't it? So you put it in Tesla and it just becomes more money. <laughs> that's it, right? That's that's how that's how stocks work in, in a, general. That's... Yeah, because there were people buying at 900 as well, weren't there? Yeah, and I I wonder what those people feel like to be honest with you because, I mean I suppose it's uh, what I feel like with Alpine Four right now, Zach, um, because that's it's down twenty five percent. What's that website? No, but what's that website that went premium recently? Simple, what's it called? Seeking Alpha. Seeking oh, Seek Alpha just pu- published uh, um, an article today. It was quite quite bearish as well, and apparently um, everyone's just saying that that guy has no idea what he's talking about. Which is probably oh, true. Oh man, you made oh. me put. Uh, if uh, just for we can't read it because uh, it's uh, behind a paywall. Just for any listeners, uh, I have trusted Zach, doing absolutely no 
DD on a stock and I put about 300 quid in it just um, as a tester though, uh, where I say, okay, somebody told me a stock. I know nothing about it and I'm just going to put money in it and I'm seeing how well that does. And so far, I'm doing terribly. Uh, but I'm going to hold it. I'm going to hold it onto it for a long time. I'm learning more and more about it just by accident as I go along because yeah. it's just a very popular stock. But I did the same, to be fair, with Hive. Um, it went down 30%. It's gone up up 15%, but it's still nowhere near where, it, where I bought it. <laughs> and I think I only bought one share. I think Hive might have been me. Yeah, I, I think, think I, I said look at Hive. Hive looks I'd, quite interesting. I did the same experiment with uh, Steve D's uh, call on Hive, actually, which is interesting. Yeah. Okay. We've we've got off the got off the ball. We're talking about equity re- risk premiums. We've we have to, a little bit just to yeah. bring us back to um, <laughs> Professor D's lecture uh, and just to join up the final kind of bits of dots on that. Um, a lot of what we've been hearing about is inflation uh, from both the US and probably this side. If we get more kind of uh, money being given out, and of course, if you're a government, you don't want inflation running too far out of control. Usually, you don't want your currency getting completely crushed. Uh, and the way you stop inflation is by raising interest rates, uh, which basically encourages people to save rather than spend, which slows your economy down a little bit. But it in turn means that the risk-free rate that Steve was mentioning goes up and the required return from stocks also goes up and the prices of them then come down. So this is kind of why some people are worrying about the risk-free rate and worrying about inflation uh, with respect to equities. At least I think yeah. that's the idea. Anyway. And I just want to offer both sides of the stocks market on this one because i think that's quite important to just explain what what this is a what this exactly has done to stocks because as 2020 went on we most people did start by putting into you know the good high high growth quite safe tech stocks and then things got riskier and riskier because we thought okay we've made 30 percent already on our high tech stocks we need to now make 30% every single time and people needed to make 100%. So they went riskier and riskier and riskier. And that happened to everyone. It's happened to hedge funds. It's happened to probably me as well. It's happened to most people. So the the risk required, the return required just requires far more risk at the moment. And with treasury yields going up even very slightly, what that does is it makes people think oh i don't have to take that much risk anymore and for uh, what that will it'll it'll make a few people go back into bonds but bonds are still terrible there's no there's no reason to be in bonds and i'll come to that in a second because i want to offer the other side of this coin in a second but most people now have decided that maybe we don't need so much so much risk so we can come back to cyclicals we can come back to safer stocks and that will be why myself and Steve W haven't really seen much of a problem over the past 2 weeks and while Steve D and Zach's portfolios might have taken a bit of a harder hit and that's what we're starting to see but on the other end and and I wanted to say that because that's that's made people like Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger and uh, Ray Dalio. It's made them very happy. They they sort of started to develop this. Uh, if you read their letter and you've seen um, the Daily Journal uh, interview that Charlie Munger was on, they they started to sound a little bit smog, in my opinion. They 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 have. They just started to go. Look, this is the start. This it's coming. You know, sort of thing. And and it does feel like it's the set. It does feel a bit like it's the start of the big crash because. Let's 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 consider it right. People got a little bit spooked by a one percent, one point six percent rise in the treasury yield, 
and the market, the tech market and the NASDAQ went down 20%, you know, and that's just a tiny little spook. That's off no news whatsoever. What's going to happen when there's serious news, like when there's something real serious going on in the market, what's going to happen to these big tech stocks? They went down 20, 20% based on nothing. What are they going to do when something like unemployment starts being really bad or inflation goes up to 8%? Like it's, that's, not un, that's not unreasonable to think that we are secretly, even though Jerome Powell's going, oh no, there's no inflation. We're not worried about inflation at all. We'll keep it just over 2%. We'll keep it over 4%. Um, that it could, it could rise to 8%. And that'll be a surprise. It'll be a surprise for the markets. How much are we going to see these stocks go down by if something bad like that happens? Zach, what's Jerome Powell been saying? Jerome Powell has been saying calm the f down um <laughs> no uh, i think he's he's basically he's he's siding with the um the biden administration i think it's it's, it's a change from um the trump administration because with with the biden administration is basically saying i don't we don't the fed doesn't need to kind of do anything at the moment because the stimulus is being pushed anyway by the administration it's just a case where they're just going to run with it and they have no choice. I think he's basically powerless in the sense. No pun intended. Powerless. Powerless. Lovely. Love it. <laughs> and I think and I think because everyone's uh, worried that he's not really doing anything about it, he's, 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 he has to calm the um, the kind of the uh, the inflation um, talks as well. And he says there's going to be no inflation. There's going to be no change because it's just a, one, one pump of um, stim- stimulus um, is not going to completely, you know, change the dynamics of um, inflation. And I think I kind of agree. I mean, because, I mean, he said overall, like, it has to be a continuum. One pump. It was, it was 1.9 trillion. They got the full 1.9 trillion. In there's, the end, an, there's, there's another 3 trillion after this, they said. So, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, there's another, there's another um, uh, pump after this. But he says it's going to be... Con- over over the long run, it's going to be fine. I mean, if they'd kept doing it over over so many months and years, and yeah, <laughs> over the long run for Powell, it'll be fine. He'll be retired and or dead. So <laughs> He's think, not um, paying it back. <laughs> I think I think they're trying to keep it what with two percent um, inflation. So I think I think um, yeah, he's just trying to downplay everything, isn't he? Yeah, that's so... kind of his job. I I slightly fear this, I'm afraid. Uh, I take a slightly more pessimistic tone to Zach. I feel like Powell's running out of things he can do. That's not his fault, by the way. Um, I heard a few months ago him talking as though it was going to need fiscal help, needs to take over now from monetary help, basically. And my general sense is that that's his way of saying, obviously can't say it in so many words, I can't do much more, guys. Uh, obviously, if he says that, then it's chaos in the markets, right? There's blood in the streets if he starts saying, that's it, we're done. We've got to try and sort it out from here some other way. Uh, so that will never get said uh, from Powell. But I get the impression that he's either in the mode of lying or trying to tell you without saying, we're running out of ideas here. At the get out. Yeah, get out of get the market. Get his safe room built, and then, then he'll let us know it is. That, well, this, this is it, because... He, he's got to be lying, hasn't it? You can't pump. Okay, if it's four, if it really is four point nine trillion, you can't pump that much 
into an economy and not get inflation. It's it's not going to happen, right? It's, this is this is real now. He's he's got to be lying and he's got to be just footing the tone. And th- I mean, if th- we don't get inflation, be... no, we're in some kind of social utopia. Let's do UBI and let's never work again. Yeah, universal basic income. We'll we'll uh, we'll try and avoid acronyms <laughs> too much. U- universal ba- basic income. And now I can remember his name off the top of my head now. Andrew Yang is the guy. He's running for New York mayor at the minute, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's got a lot of good ideas. He has got a lot of good ideas. But he's the, he was running for president based on the universal basic in- income present. And yeah, I agree. I, I, I don't see why not. Other than there are jobs out there, they've, still they've tried UBI right in a few in a few states before. Um, they tried it during. Uh, here's an odd one. Here's an odd random fact for you about universal basic income. Um, Reagan was the first person to uh, try UBI, and they tried it in. And I can't remember the state off the top of my head. And I wish we knew we were talking about this because I would have all the facts for you. <laughs> um, but yeah, they tried it in a state, uh, and what they found was. Um, that it, it, it actually helped the the employment rate went up. Um, people were happier. People were less sick. There was less homeless because part of the UBI scheme that they rolled out was that they gave everybody who was homeless a home. Um, the uh, amount of drugs taken um, went down as well. And the the reason, uh, just just to sort of cut a long story short, the reason they didn't go ahead with it because it was a it was an unmitigated success was that back when well when was Reagan president? Was he seventies? Yes, seventy. So, oh God, I'm going to go seventy. Yeah. Well, late the, re- the 70s, reason they didn't go ahead with it is because they found that it gave women too much freedom. Um, so women who were not working at the time and were tied to their husbands for for their income now had an income and could leave abusive, and or mistreat husbands. And obviously, the Republican Party uh, wasn't in favour of that. Steve's pulling a face, but the the book on it is by Rutger Bregman, and he's a historian, uh, a Dutch historian. He's got a really fantastic take on on UBI based on the historic facts. That was some slightly unfortunate timing on my part, where you were I was pulling faces at the idea of women being freed. It was more <laughs> that I just. Uh, I'd actually googled Reagan's presidency terms because I wasn't sure that seventies was quite right. Uh, that's what I was looking at. Uh, when was it? Um, and was it? Uh, uh, pretty much through the 80s. Right. Oh, totally wrong. <laughs> so there you go. Anyway, it's a really interesting book. I, I think it's called, it's something to do with social utopia. But anyway, Rutger Bregman is the, if you fancy read about universal basic income, it, it's a fascinating read. And that's a, that's another massive tangent that we've just gone on, which is which is great. I think um, I think we wanted to try and be a bit more free and, and sort of chat a, a bit more. I've got uh, a quote have from... A bit more fun. So, sorry, I've got a quote from Jay Powell. He actually went, he went rap god on us. He says, Infl- <laughs> "Inflation dynamics do change over time, but they don't change on a dime." Wow, he's gone. He's, uh, he's dropping he, bombs. He's gone. He's gone Main Street. <laughs> get get that man. Get that man in fire in the booth. We need to get that on our next uh, intro music. <laughs> yeah, I, actually. I, I, yeah, we need to find that. <laughs> we need to find that interview. Um, yeah, so w- that's another another tangent we've gone on there. Um, <laughs> we, we try we're trying to keep this podcast a little bit more free at the minute because it's felt we have some great chats together and it's never really come across on the podcast. So we, we're trying to trying to um, have a bit more fun with it today. But I just wanted to so 
the point I was making probably all that time ago, I'm going to do a massive callback here. Um, but the point I was making all that time ago was that on, on the one side, you've got your Charlie Mungers and you've got your Warren Buffett, your value investors loving the idea of inflation because they're sitting on a boatload of cash. They're not investing in any tech hype. They are ready to just unload the elephant gun, which we bring up every every week. On the other side, and I could only bring this, uh, this is probably going to be a bit of a surprise to you guys because um, there's probably a lot of details in here that you just won't have to hand. But I watched um, Kathy Wood's update this month and she has totally the opposite opinion. She's, I mean, she didn't go as far as saying there will be no inflation, but she was saying inflation is a good thing. And even in some parts of the economy, we're going to see deflation as well, which I, I I just don't. I'm trying to get my head around what she's saying. She's saying that there's um, a bubble in the bond market at the moment as well. Um, there's a, there's a lot of things she's bringing up, which just seem to suit her narrative. Now, is are these things within her narrative or? Are they legitimate? Are, are our research team really seeing what everybody else isn't seeing? Because she seems to be the only one, other than the Bitcoiners, she seems to be the only one that seems to think that bonds are in a bubble and there's going to be no inflation at all. She's going to say that, isn't she? Because she's got massive outflows from her uh, from a fund. Yes. Uh, okay, let's go on to ARK Invest funds. We we haven't got a lot of time. We've only got about 10 minutes left, to be honest. But yeah, so ARK Invest had a lot of out, outflows from its fund this uh, week. And it's, uh, it's very interesting because I think a lot of people have started to compare ARK Invest uh, ETF with something similar to the Neil Woodford fund, where she's in a lot of low liquid stocks and... It could be that because she's in so many low liquid stocks, in in the event of a, a of a big issue, and we might have seen something like this because, um, what was it? Did you see something? I'm sure it was you, Steve W, that told me she went on TV and said she's buying things that she doesn't have much conviction in, and when things go bad, she's just going to sell those and and uh, buy more conviction stocks. Was there something like that? I had that at second hand. I thought I had it. I'm going to kick this down the road. I thought I had this okay. at second hand from Zach, but I could be wrong about that. It was me. <laughs> it's... Yeah, it was me. I was waiting for somebody to blame me, and it was me. <laughs> I mean, on that note, she is she is buying a lot of small cap stuff. I mean, she buys the Teslas and the Nvidia's and whatnot. But a lot of a lot of the buys that they do is a lot of small cap stuff, and yeah. it's illiquid and. Is she, is she the next Neil Woodford? She's buying dun, a dun, lot dun. of um, she's buying a lot of illiquid stocks, but she's buying like huge percentages of these companies as well. She's in the the fifteens to the twenty the twenty five percent. Yeah, she's well, going to be a majority shareholder in some of them, ain't she? She's got to de- be definitely. Yeah, I think. It's not and, that long uh, ago she was struggling to be a majority shareholder in Ark, wasn't it? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's uh, deep. Oh, okay. Uh, Ark's debt is going to be something that we have to go into another day. We definitely can't cover that today. But um, okay, so just a quick explanation of what we're talking about because I think we could get lost here. So Cathie Wood is buying what um, a lot of small cap stocks. So small cap stocks in the event that 
everybody wants to get out of a stock with not a lot of shares available, you end up with a lot of people trying to sell the same stock at the same time and not a lot of people wanting to buy them. So it's kind of making a fire exit too small. Is is that a good analogy? Uh, I have been to some things in the past where fire exits a bit too small. Um, uh, a lot of people have tried to squeeze out of a very small space and they can't get out. I think that's probably a pretty good analogy of it. I think that's and, nicked uh, off your a man lot of people Burry, get burnt it? in the end. Oh, is it Michael I, Burry? I'm pretty sure I heard that last summer from M- Michael Burry, yeah. Uh, I, I, um, nope, I haven't heard that from Michael Burry, but glad oh, well to know done. that you're, you're thinking like the great man then in that case. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, maybe, maybe one very lucky man. I don't know, but um, um, we're, I think he's hoping that he's going to be very lucky twice with Tesla because that's, that's basically what I think is, I think that's the plan that, that will happen with ARK. So if ARK has to, if ARK sells off all of the ETFs, if the if the, if people start trying to sell off ARK ETFs all at once, Kathy Wood isn't going to be able to sell these small cap stocks. She's not going to be able to sell them all. So she, but she has to gain. She has to give the money back. I think this is a very simplified version of it. I think there's a lot more um, ETF speak in this. But essentially, if people start selling off her ETF, the money has to go back to these people and she won't be able to get it out of the illiquid stocks because they won't be sellable. So the only ones she's going to be able to sell are the high liquid stocks. So they could be something more like Tesla. Uh, they could be something like Teladoc uh, is, is, you know, it is one of my favorites, Teladoc. I just never saw it. And I think that company is going to be absolutely brilliant in the future i just can't can't buy it i think it's too i think it's too overpricey but this could cause um a disproportionate sale in some huge huge stocks and to be fair now you think about it this could be where michael burry's uh, thesis comes from this could be what he's thinking he's thinking that some of these big big uh funds and etfs that own tesla that have been pushing tesla on high volume it could be that they also own a lot of hypey, a lot of small, uh, small cap illiquid stocks, and they might all have to sell off at the same time. Are we, are we coming back to SMT again? Because they dropped their Tesla um, percentage, I guess, of how much they own um, over time as well. I think Arkson same similar. I know you're saying SMT again, just uh, want to clarify, you're saying SMT again. I think that's a conversation we had prior to this podcast and it hasn't actually been recorded. So we're going to talk about, <laughs> we're talking about um, Scottish Mortgage Trust, which is, I, I think that happened. I don't think we were recording at the time we were, because we have these conversations all the time. So we talk about Scottish Mortgage Trust, which, uh, yeah, we must have been talking about it, actually. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we were we, talking did, about it, yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, I think we did, that's yeah. my fault. My bad. We'll we'll keep that in. We it's can so see how stupid I am. Is it Lynch or is it Buffett who tell the story of the guy who's buying ten thousand dollar of a liquid stock? He rings his broker up and says, "You know, I want ten thousand dollars of X Y Z stock on the OTC," and they um he gets ten thousand dollars worth of stock. And then the next month he rings him up and he says, "Oh, how's it doing?" They say it's up ten percent. So he says, "Oh, buy another ten thousand dollars of it then." And he this carries on and carries on and carries on for. For ten years until um, it comes to selling, and he rings the broker and he says, "Right, sell all those stocks. You know, I must be up 
must be up hundreds of thousands of pounds. So sell them to who? You're the only one buying. <laughs> <laughs> <You're>... <laughs> who had it? Who had it first though? That's it. Who's the chicken? Who's the chicken or the egg in that one? <laughs> Uh, that's what I'm trying to think, but yeah, no, that's that's true. If if you if the uh, there's there's never a problem with liquidity on the way up. It's always on the way down, and that's what I. This it's just another warning, I think that needs to be out there that you need to. Uh, oh man, there's got to be so many upset people on trading two one two in there one day, one day uh, trading two one two. The the loan the loan customer service caller is going to be like. Uh, yeah, uh, it's, it's an illiquid start. Turn the lights yeah. off and go home. <laughs> yeah, he will. He will. Like the little G- little Jimmy, the trading two on two customer service representative, the only one that's out there. Uh, looks <laughs> looks across at gonna... the hamster power in the servers and it's dead. He goes, <laughs> "Fuck it, I'm going home." <laughs> yeah. the, hamster, the hamster on the hamster wheel. Just that had its legs the... bent off. <laughs> 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 yeah, he he looks at yeah he looks over and then he looks at the rafters and goes, oh I could uh... no I'm not gonna say that that's a bad joke <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah let's not go with that um, joke so I mean one thing that I kind of think on this subject just to just to try and calm things down a little bit because I'm not entirely sure who's still on this call anymore um, if I were an arc holder and I'm not an arc holder particularly and I don't have much kind of shared vision with ARK and the way they see the world or what they look for in an investment particularly. But if I was uh, a holder in ARK, I would be thinking, just sit still. Uh, Things will come round again in the longer term. If you're right, you'll be okay. There might be a big sell-off. You might get whacked in the short term. It's never as bad as everyone's saying it is. Last week, they're busy telling you that Berkshire's done for and Warren Buffett's passed it and all the rest of these things. Now there's going to be pressure on Ark's liquidity. Next week, it'll be something else, basically. Don't panic. Sit tight. Think longer term. Uh, and don't get distracted. It's what we say all along, though, isn't it? You've got to understand the holdings in, in what you own. It's not about just yeah. trusting the yeah. fund manager. It's it's more than that. If you think kathy has got great ideas then then that's fine but that isn't reason to buy her fund you've got to look through those holdings and say you know are these things that if if kathy wasn't around that i would pick and if they are then yeah buy the fund if if they're not then you know you can support kathy and not buy her fund at the same time yeah i mean their presentation is basically some inspiration mood board essentially as well isn't it mm. for the next the inspiration mood board i like that i've never, Pinterest. I've never actually <laughs> 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 oh, that's to try and throw Pinterest. Oh, i like that i like that i like the idea of arc invest just being one of those nice things you see at a wedding where the the wedding organizer goes oh here we go we're going to put like nice loads of loads of different colors and and you can all choose and we'll make we'll make one just <laughs> we'll make your whole wedding just very beautiful based on your ideas that's um an interesting way of looking at ArcG. Arc so, so, the, so, the, so the wedding planners and then it's self-fulfilling prophecies. <laughs> Is Kathy, did I read that Kathy's 65? Is that true? Yeah, yeah. I think hey, yeah. How, how much do you think she'll want to be involved in running a fund? How old Warren Buffett? About mm. 307. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's going for Warren Buffett. I mean... I mean, oh God, I'm going to open up another can of worms here. But I, I uh, saw an interview with Tramath the other day who said he <laughs> wants to take social capital uh, 
public and he wants to be the next Berkshire. He wants social capital to be the next Berkshire Hathaway. He wants to be the Warren Buffett of the future. I thought, oh my. Full of iPobs and iPox and iPods. And iPoo when we get there. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) You never never know. You never know. Like, maybe people would look to Warren Buffett in the 60s and went, ugh. A sugary drink. That's not going to go anywhere. And um, exactly, it's still got the same formula today, you know. <laughs> yeah, has it? Yeah, sim- similar. I, well, it's got reduced sugar. I but. think the first formula of Coca Cola actually had cocaine in it, didn't it? Is that? That's what I uh, hear. Uh, that sounds that a, like. Yeah, sounds am like I pushing a myth here? Be, yeah, I don't know. I might be pushing a myth there. Can I just um, like say that Coke is the nicest, fast taste ever, but then the rest of it is awful, and Pepsi is good all the way through. Yeah. And where do you where do you put lager in that, or where do you put a nice cider on a summer's evening? Yeah, they're nice all the way through. <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, and pe- yeah, Pepsi. Those cherry uh, versions, raspberry. Of them, though, they, they're, they're, oh. I reckon pineapple Pepsi is coming. They launched it in Egypt uh, last year, I think. That's yeah, on its way. Oh. <sighs> I think I think these guys are running out of uh, running out of ideas to be honest because I, uh, we're doing our best here. We, oh, sorry, those guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think Coke and Pepsi are really running out of ideas. Uh, I've been looking into their uh, financials recently. It doesn't look good. I, I, I kind of want out at the first opportunity. Well, I've had this conversation, Steve. That I think anything involved in sugar at the moment is is dangerous territory for me. I think sin stocks. We're moving on from the cigarette stocks. We've kicked the shit out of them. Um, we're on to something new now, and I think sugar um, is probably likely the next on that list. I think oil, sugar, sugar tax. Can we introduce it in the UK? Yeah, and I think it's going to be everywhere. I think um, they'll be looking to cut sugar in, in everything. Yeah, because we want aspartame. <laughs> yeah, and, and I th- well, I, I've got to say, I I've watched a lot of all those fitness guys, and uh, they're they're quite pro asp- aspartame because it's just it's got no proof of cancer or anything like that. It's all it's all a lie, and apparently aspartame is extremely safe. Uh, let, let's not get onto Jesus. Let's, let's not go that far. <laughs> but um, uh, when you see, I, I want to challenge you on the um, sin stocks uh, as far as Ultria and Philip Morris and uh, who's the other one? Um, Imperial brand. Oh, ba- Batten. Oh. Batten Imperial brands. Yeah. I mean, uh, have we really kicked the crap out of them because they are still making money? But we need to remember this: that they're, they're not. I don't think they're losing revenue. There's in emerging markets and things uh, as. Uh, for some reason, as emerging markets and middle class become um, more wealthy, the first thing they seem to go to is cigarettes, cigars, and, well, in the future, it's going to be marijuana, right? It, it, the marijuana stuff is not that popular here. I mean, because it's obviously not legalized. But I have heard the NHS is opening up to the the pharmaceutical side. I think I read an article recently. I think the UK's worry is, is always with legalisation, is that they don't want to be the party that does it, and it, it's wrong. The science is wrong. I think they're mm-hmm. really worried about things like that. So, Yeah, fair enough. We'll we'll touch on marijuana another day, because that's going to be a whole, no, whole load of time, and we've really run over. We're an hour in now. So um, thank you very much to everybody who sat through that. We've tried to be a little bit more ourselves today and try to sort of, 
you know, just uh, loosen it up a bit. Uh, thank you very much for uh, listening or watching. It depends where you're uh, listening or watching this from. You can listen to this uh, on your commute or in bed or whatever you want to do. Go to bed with uh, Briscoe, Steve, Steve and Zach, if you want to, on Spotify, on Google, on Apple Podcasts, and I believe on Audible as well. And you can get this video ver- the video version of this on uh, YouTube as well. If you have any comments or questions that you want to let us know about, you can leave them in the comments of the YouTube video version of this podcast. We are always listening out for the, the questions and comments. We're always trying to improve this. And for the last time, thank you very much for listening and putting yourself through that. <laughs>